Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go at Tower 3. I think we call it the Power Hour. A lot of power today. Washington Husky coach Kalen DeBoer stops by Albert Breer in a couple of minutes. It's the Herd, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. You know, Micah Parsons does something. Very few people, even in our business, can just look at a camera and talk. Got to take phone calls, got to have 30 guests, got to talk. Straight down the barrel talk. Micah Parsons is very good at it. As a football player, he can just go straight down the barrel to the camera and talk for an hour. People in our business can't do that. And I know they can't tackle. So Micah Parsons is a refreshing, outspoken, doesn't need a bunch of people helping him. He's got opinions. He's going to fire 100 miles an hour. I'm really impressed with him. He's got a little podcast thing. It's very impressive. Yeah, it's no straight fire, but he does spit some fire. But you do it, too. You look down the tit, Nick Wright, look down the barrel, talk, have opinions, get out of the way. Before getting a TV gig, I had a uh, three-hour solo radio show. There you go. almost like I like to talk about sports. Almost. (laughs) So Micah Parsons on his podcast, The Edge from the Bleacher Report, he was not happy with the Dak criticism and why the Eagles seem to get a free pass. This is funny when they struggle. I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. The Eagles were healthy. They had Jalen Hurts. They had the receiving core. They had their explosive weapon. Because I see my quarterback, you know, maybe not have the red zone success, but move the ball way better than the Eagles did uh, Sunday night. So we want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. Well, the Eagles got to a Super Bowl, outplayed the Chiefs for most of it, and the Eagles win big games and get to Super Bowls. And for the record, the Eagles have controlled the Cowboys. So the Eagles are a big game team, division titles, Super Bowl appearances, playoff wins. The Cowboys aren't. So the reason we criticize Dallas is they usually don't show up in the big games. They don't show up against San Francisco, don't show up consistently against the better Eagle teams. Beating the Chargers does not qualify as a big win. The Chargers, I mean, their brand is blowing leads and blowing games. They outplay people. Uh, Micah also went on to mention the Browns and the Niners. Again, San Francisco not getting the same criticism that Dak or Dallas get. And I heard a quote. I'm not worried about the 49ers. They were missing Christian McCaffrey. They were missing Debo Samuel. This will piss me off about that, okay? (laughs) They started that game. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson. They were missing Nick Chubb. They were missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk. But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. 
Well, because Christian McCaffrey is the most versatile back in the league and Debo is the ultimate chess piece. And again, the Niners hadn't lost a regular season game in forever. So this was potentially a very rare Niner loss in the regular season. The class of the NFC for the last 12 years, this is undisputable, we put the graphic up earlier, is two teams, Eagles, Niners. They're Oklahoma, Texas, Big 12 when they're playing well. Niners, Eagles, last 12 years. Eight combined division titles, 17 playoff wins, and four Super Bowl appearances. In that same period, Dallas has three wild card wins. So we're tired of selling and hyping and marketing the Cowboys and them not delivering. We do hold the Niners and Eagles to a different standard. We do feel they're elevated. They're better. They come through. They deliver. So we've, I, I view the Niners and the Eagles differently than I, I think those are excellent football teams on a regular basis. I could not tell you the last time Dallas was excellent. I have the same feeling about the Cowboys this year. I have virtually every year since Troy Aikman left. They'll be pretty good. And this year, they'll be pretty good. Philadelphia on their best games, great. San Francisco, unbelievable. They are different. Those three NFC teams, they're different. In fact, I think Detroit now is better and maybe significantly than Dallas. Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback, joining us live. <laughs> the, um, what you're smiling. I this is not a shot at Dallas. Well, because I used to co- I used to cover them, so I know. Part of this, Colin, is just that's life in the big city. Like it's the it's like they're they're the Yankees of football, right? And for the same reason that Jason Witten walks right off of the field and onto the Monday Night Football set, for the same reason Troy Aikman is the number one guy on Fox and ESPN now, and the reason why um, Tony Romo is the number one guy on CBS, coming right off of the playing field. There's more attention on the Cowboys. And so this is what you have to deal with on a week-to-week basis. That's part of being a Dallas Cowboy. There's a lot of benefit for it. There's a lot of ancillary income you're going to get because you're a Cowboy. But you're also going to deal with a lot more scrutiny. So that's a part of it, too. You know, we we were – there's a lot of issues here. Let me start with this. Mm -hmm. So San Diego – Los Angeles is, as you well know, a distracted town. USC, UCLA, (laughs) Rams, Chargers, Clippers, Lakers. Dodgers draw almost 5 million people. Dodgers outdraw the next closest team in baseball, like by 10,000 people a night. It is – we got Mm -hmm. a beach. We got mountains. We're close to Vegas. There's a lot to do here. But there is noticeable frustration, anger, and ire – with the Chargers coach, Brandon Staley. And that game the other night, Dallas tried to give it away. Special teams blunders, 11 penalties. What was McCarthy doing end of the half? And the Chargers still couldn't do it. Do you think it's possible, if we get to Thanksgiving, and this Charger team with blown coverage, blown leads, blown third downs, would the Spanoses, do you believe, because they've rarely faced this kind of ire, Move on in season on Brandon Staley. There are a number of reasons why you do that. Um, You know, one is that you'd be trying to signal to some other coach that your job is going to be available. I don't think that that would be the motivation for the Spanoses. Another would be that your culture is broken and that it's not a good environment for young players to develop in or for your team to come along in. I, I don't think the Chargers are there. The third reason I think is sort of interesting here is that there's someone on your staff that you want to give an audition to. They have Kellen Moore there. Kellen Moore has been really impressive on balance over his years as a coordinator, now with two teams in the NFL. And he damn near got the Panther job last year. He almost got David Tepper to flip his plan upside down and say, I want to go with him instead of going with my plan to bring in an experienced head coach in Frank Reich. And so, you know, that I think would be the question. If they've underperformed and there is frustration there, and the Spanoses look at it and say, we need to chart the next five years for our franchise, and Kellen Moore is going to be in the mix, and we know we're going to move on from Brandon Staley. That's where I could see it happening, where it might be we want to give Kellen Moore a run as the head coach and see yeah. whether or not this is the right guy to be the guy for our franchise for the next five years. So that would really be the reason to do it. Um, we're still a long way from there, but you know, certainly I think it's fair to look at their roster, Colin. They're, they should be in a championship win- window. Joey yeah. Bosa, Derwin James, Rashawn Slater, Keenan Allen, 
uh, Austin Eckler, obviously Justin Herbert. Now Justin Herbert, with his contract, the dynamic's going to change for them a little bit over the next few years. So this is certainly a critical point for Brandon Staley and a critical point for the Chargers franchise overall in year three for Brandon Staley. So there's a difference between underachieving and losing and being embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Patriots have pivoted into embarrassing Do you believe Robert Kraft and his son are now having discussions about an exit strategy with Belichick? Have we? Because there's been a lot of talk. That doesn't mean Kraft takes it seriously. You know this franchise as well as anybody. Do you believe there are discussions in New England about end? They wouldn't do it midseason, and they wouldn't humiliate him. End of the season, moving off Bill, building him a statue, and moving off him. Yeah. Well, these discussions have taken place, and I can tell you for sure, I, I, I mean, you know, Robert hears the criticism, he hears the anger locally, um, and people in the building know for a fact that he's hearing the anger um, from the fan base, and he's very cognizant of, of where his team is in the pecking order of NFL teams as well. They're not a marquee team anymore, and he took a lot of pride in them being a marquee team for two decades, um, right up there with teams like the Cowboys, like the Eagles, like the Giants have been traditionally. And so, you know, I think there's all of that that sort of plays into this, and the discussions about the future of the franchise actually do go back to you know January and February when they were sitting down with Gerard Mayo, their de facto defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, and they got him to turn down an interview with the Panthers. Um, when Gerard Mayo, like you know, the best thing for his career probably was to take that interview. And so the discussions of where this goes post Belichick have been underway for a while, and I think you know regardless of you know, where this was coming, like how this year went, I think there was going to be discussion about the structure of the franchise and potentially changing the personnel department. And do we bring in a general manager, promote somebody to general manager and see if Bill wants to work with him? I think now we're at the point where it's, is this just going to be a flat out firing? Yeah. And do they want to go forward with the current program? And what does that mean for Gerard Mayo? Like, I think those bigger picture discussions are now part of it, but the discussions of where they are post Belichick have been going going on for a while, and you know, again, back in January and February, included Gerard Mayo. Yeah. Um, C.J. Stroud. Um, I I said before, let's be cautious on bailing on Bryce Young or young quarterbacks, but yeah. I don't have a problem four or five weeks in going, oh yeah, that works because I saw it with Herbert. Lamar's second start, Burrow's third start, Kyler's first couple starts. I think it's very easy to spot the guy. I think it's harder to bail because sometimes bad coordinator, bad coach. But I watch C.J. Stroud, and I'm like, yeah, that that works in this league. How surprised do you think Houston is, or are they? I I don't think it was – there was discussion um, on the quarterback thing in the spring, and – there were pre-draft meetings where the Texans staff was tough on C.J. Stroud and, and, and kind of got after him a little bit. And some questions came out of that. Like, and that was why, I mean, that was one reason why I thought the Texans weren't going to take him second overall. So there was some real debate in the organization over whether or not he was the right guy to latch on to. And since then, he's answered every one of them. And like you see it, Colin, like I talked to him after the game on Sunday and I asked him about, you know, the, the, the streak he had of not having thrown an interception, which was an NFL record, 191 uh, attempts without an interception to start an NFL career. He said that wasn't significant to him. And he said that it was important for him to just be aggressive. And this isn't a guy who's checking the ball down. This is a guy who is going downfield and he is responding to the coaching. And so, um, you know, I know talking to some of the people who knew him at Ohio State, they felt like after they lost to Michigan last year and the way he played against Georgia, something flipped with him. And, I, you know, just having talked to some people with the Texans organization, they see that too. And it's just interesting from a growth standpoint where you see him and kind of how he's approached having that job and being the face of the franchise and embraced all of it and how he's been hard on himself. There's been some real growth in C.J. Stroud over the last year. I think we always knew the talent was there. Um, just from an accuracy perspective, an arm talent perspective, he's off the charts. And now you're seeing, like, the growth personally. Um, and 
I, I just tell you, like, I, you know, I, I saw a couple of Texans people here while I was here for the league meeting, and they are supremely confident they got it right, which is an amazing thing to think about when you consider there was some split in the organization over what they should do with the second overall pick back in April. So I got into this discussion last night, actually. Somebody asked me a question. On any given Sunday, Stafford throws the ball as well as almost anybody in this league. Maybe not mm-hmm. Mahomes, but darn close. They found a star receiver in the fifth round. They they hit on some real draft picks. Byron Young, the the edge rusher, Young leads all the rookies in quarterback pressures, hits, uh, a guard, a putt. They yeah. hit on some guys, and I thought to myself, they could get their backup quarterback this draft, you know, a first or a second round pick, and let him sit behind Matt for one more year, or they could say, I'm watching this team. Say, you know what? We could trade down in this first round. We're not that far away. What do you think they're thinking with Stafford? Because I thought this was his last year. I got to tell you, Albert, when he has time to throw, he is still absolutely top five or six in this league. What are they going to do with him? When I talked to him over the summer, I I noticed how happy he seemed and how content he seemed. And I I asked him why. And he said, it's because I feel healthier than I have in three or four years. And my arm feels loose. And I feel like I can just go out and play. And you add that to the environment now in the building. Like, they really feel like Sean is happier than he's been in a few years. And bringing in some of these new coaches and adding new ideas into the building. Michael Floor comes over. Obviously, um, you know, Sean's known him for a long time because he's best friends with Mike's older brother. But Mike had experience in Kyle Shanahan's system in San Francisco. So he's bringing San Francisco ideas. And then you have two other assistant coaches and Nick Cayley and Ryan Wendell who are coming from New England and Buffalo. And so, like, I just feel like everything got refreshed there this offseason. And they weren't coming in with the weight of expectations. And there were a lot of young people. And everything felt new. And... I had somebody say to me that it feels like 2017 here again um, in context to how Sean was back then and how he is right now. I think it's a really healthy place right now, and Sean's in a really healthy place. And then you look, like you said, at where they are coming out of the year. This year, they are eating over $70 million in dead cap money. Yeah, They're going to have over $70 million in cap space next year. They're going to have a first-round pick for the first time since 2015. They're set up, like you said, to go either way. They could go all in like they have traditionally over the last few years, or they could load up on draft capital, trade back, and make moves to set themselves up for the next five to ten years. So they're in a really good spot in that they've been able to comp- be competitive in the year that really was kind of earmarked as their reset year. And I think the upshot of it is everything's been reset in the building. And again, Matt Stafford's in a healthy place. The staff's in a healthy place. And maybe most importantly, Sean McVay's in a very healthy place. Okay, finally, you're at the NFL League meetings in New York. Anything you are hearing that our audience, you, me, would be interested in? The Tom Brady ownership thing with the Raiders. Are you interested in that? Uh, I thought he, he's, yeah. he wants that or he, he's got that. Where, where are we on that? There is a complicated thing, and I think it's like been more complicated than the Raiders would have anticipated, and there's some opposition to it, um, You know, in part because I think the price point's a little lower than other, other owners would like. I think the idea of his broadcast career complicates things, too. Like, how does that work if you've got a minority owner in a broadcast booth? You know, so there's a lot of complications that they're working through on that. That's one thing. Another thing would be um, the coach hiring cycle. There's some changes coming to that where they're not going to be able to conduct any in-person interviews of anybody who's with a team until after the divisional round, which could affect the way things work in January. Um and, yeah, I mean, I, I think some of the health and safety stuff, the turf grass argument came up here, too. And that's going to be one that's going to be really interesting to monitor. I would keep an eye on that Monday night game this week, Colin. San Francisco's going to Minnesota. Nick Bose has been one of the most militant players when it comes to we should all be playing on grass. And the Niners have a couple of guys who are, like, iffy injury-wise, McCaffrey, Debo, going into this game. And that turf in Minnesota is one of only three left that's on this surface called slip film, which is found to be more dangerous than the other ones. With the turf grass thing coming up here again, I'll be really interested to see how the Niners handle some of their injured guys going into what's perceived as one of the more dangerous surfaces in the NFL in Minnesota on Monday Wow, that is good stuff. That's really interesting. 
Albert, as always, Monday morning quarterback, covered the league since 2005. Great stuff as always, man. Have fun. All right. Thanks, Colin. That was kind of interesting insight, don't you think? That was a that was that's in, wow. That is wow. I have not heard anyone say that. I, that's why I like Breer. Do you think the Niners? Hey, well, this turf is risky. Let's just hold our guys. Let's hold out C Mac. Let let Debo. Let's sit this one out. Let's hey, not well, mess around. I, I could see that happening. I, first of all, we all agree. Let's get these guys playing on grass. Yeah. Can we do that, please? Why in the world would you ever put your employees? who are so valuable to the viability, your star employees especially, why would you not treat their bodies like gold? You know, this year in the NFL, road teams are winning more games. The spread now is like one and a half points on the road used to be three. And the reason is they're treating the players better, hydrating them, traveling better. Uh, the, the, you know, the ability now to create a home environment on the road, spending more money, probably a million bucks more a road trip for an owner, is giving teams better opportunities to win on the road. Can we take care of the players? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, again, I'm not a coddler, but why in the world would you ever have players playing on surfaces that data clearly indicates are less safe? What are we doing? What are we doing? All right. I got a parlay for you this weekend thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users use the code HERD when you download the app. Now for my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take Bills minus nine. They played terribly against the New York Giants at New England. Swallow the points. Bills have a better roster, more to play for, as Miami and the Jets now are charging fast. Chargers at the Chiefs all take the Chargers plus five and a half. Why? Chiefs are not a big favorite. Still struggling offensively. Connectability between Mahomes and that young receiving group. And I'll take the Eagles minus two hosting the Dolphins. When you punch back at Miami, they can fold. Not a physical team. I think they'll struggle to slow down the Eagles offense. I like the Bills minus nine. Chargers plus five and a half, Eagles minus two. You want to take the herd parlay? Check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users code herd when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. See show notes for full details. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the versatile EQB to the sublime EQS sedan, Mercedes-Benz, electric is now extraordinary. They are all in on the electric vehicles. Go to MBUSA.com slash EQ. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. I maintain that the Bengals are not as good as their record indicates. Yeah. I know they made... They remade the hierarchy this week. but Well, um, they were outplayed by Seattle and the Rams and won both. But to your point, they have not looked as dominating as sometimes Pittsburgh's defense mm-hmm. or Baltimore's offense. They've won three of four OC. Brian Callahan is calling out offensive playmakers saying there needs to be more production for guys not named Jamar Chase. Colin, I, I did not believe this when I looked it up. T. Higgins in a contract year. I know. 14 catches for a buck 49 and two touchdowns. That's in five games. He was, he's been kind of invisible. I mean, I feel bad for T. Higgins. I know he was dealing with the rib issue. He has one explosive catch all season. Now, in, let's be fair. Burrow's calf, he didn't practice with him. Yeah. So my, my take is obviously when Burrow finally gets healthy 10 days ago, 14 days ago, who do you think Burrow at practice says, 100 extra throws. He wants to get Jamar Chase right. Yeah. I think we'll see Higgins, Boyd. I think I think Joe Burrow's smart enough. He didn't practice with anybody. And so eventually when he did get back, he's like, I'm just going to go all in on Jamar well, Chase. Jamar Chase is out here saying, I'm always effing open. Well, like, he is. <laughs> get me the ball. Yeah. Um, so I think this, I don't think this is something that will continue. I think Joe got back, wanted to get on the field. And who did he go to for the first two weeks? Almost exclusively second best receiver or first best receiver in the league. Um, I did point this out. One one website charts the toughest schedule left. Cincinnati Bengals have the toughest schedule. They left. do. Now, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. Looks like a whiff. I don't know if they can turn it around with this schedule. Colin, they still have to face the Chiefs, Niners, and Bills. Um, well, for the record, Baltimore may be better than everybody on that list. This Baltimore Lions game, I think Jared Goff will be the best quarterback they face this season. They have faced a poo-poo platter of below average. Vegas favors the Ravens. They do. Lions on the road back-to-back weeks. I, Baltimore, to me, feels Baltimore's like supposed to be the side. I can't I wait. Don't... Does Fox have this? I can't wait to watch this game. No, no, this is going to be a great game. I, bosses, I don't, I'm sorry if I didn't know this. I, that game I cannot wait I to watch. Baltimore's at home. First of all, Baltimore games at home are great. It is. It's a Fox game. That is a great... And again, it's funny. It doesn't sound as big as like, you know, Cowboys, Eagles. Ravens-Lions is going to be an incredible game with 12 Pro Bowlers on the field. So, we'll drill down a little more later in the week. I saw a stat that the Ravens are the number one pass defense in deep passes. And I'm like, all right, well, should we consider the quarterbacks they face? Like, DTR in his debut. uh, CJ Stroud is a rookie. Joe Burrow on one leg, like there is some some sketchiness in those numbers. I will add this: uh, check. Let's monitor this David Montgomery situation, the Gibbs situation, like the injuries for the Lions. It's gonna be tough. This will not be an easy game. Uh, next up, Frank Reich announced on Monday he will no longer be calling plays for the Carolina Panthers, handing over duties to OC Thomas Brown. Reich sees the shift as a great opportunity for both Brown and Young to grow together. Here's Frank Reich. We were always working towards that. Um, he made that um, known, you know, far before, you know, before even the season started. Um, so, you know, we didn't necessarily have a have a timeline when we didn't know when, but we always knew that this was this was coming. And um, I'm I'm super excited. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited for for the future. That's obviously let's, Bryce let's, Young, not Frank. Let's let's take a deep breath on the he's a miss. Can he have at least? A number two receiver before we make that proclamation. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if he came out and said, "Well, we can't get any worse." <laughs> I mean, listen, it's been bad, you know, all well, around offense, defense. Are they sellers at the deadline? I mean, you mentioned Burns as a potential. I, I do think there's an argument. They're not paying him any money, and Burns their best player. 
I think there's an argument that you could get two ones, probably a one and a two for Burns. You get a one for sure. So all of a sudden, I get two ones. Let's see what the market says. Let's. I get two ones. I go two, out. Well, who's giving up two number one picks for Brian Burns? I heard last year the Rams talked to the Panthers, and it wasn't. The Rams the, are not giving up a number. No, no, no. They aren't now because they went and got Young in the draft, and he's been a home run. So they don't need it. What, yeah, you, and he's cheap. I mean, I, I don't think I'm I, saying there's. For, remember what Vaughn Miller did when he came to the Rams? Brian okay. Burns, respectfully, is no Vaughn Miller. No, no, no. But is there a Super Bowl team that needs a pass rush? That's what Burns off. Would you give up a first-round pick if you're in that? Well, you the know, Jets that, are not doing so it. So the um, Jets aren't. Cincinnati's not. Buffalo's not. Kansas City's not. So those teams have pass rushes. Uh, Philadelphia's not. KC? No, no, no. They don't need a pass rush. They get it. You know. So KC's okay. got a pass rush. So does Cincy. So does Pittsburgh. I think Baltimore's pretty good. If you, no, they're already Baltimore, paying Roquan Smith a fortune. My point is, name a team in this league. San Francisco doesn't need it, but name a team in this league that views themselves as a Super Bowl caliber team that needs an edge rush. Okay, how about this? Uh, the Niners just got Randy Gregory. Didn't they get him for like a sixth or seventh? He was making plays in his debut. I know. Sometimes just going to a good team, like helps. Good coaches, good players. Like, I, I a first round pick for Burns is all. I know. People are saying that. I, I can't see that happening, Colin. You know what's funny? I was just thinking about this. Almost every team I think is in the Super Bowl. Oh, I'll give you one. Miami. Miami doesn't have a consistent pass rush. It's fair. Let's see Ma- what happens. Maybe- hmm. That's one of their. That's one of the knocks they on them. They got Chubb. It's not been great. Yeah. I don't have the data. Maybe he's been better than I think. No, he, Miami's the one team. Because most of these really good teams we like, the one thing they have the teams we like. A quarterback and a great edge rusher and one great weapon. And I'm Miami's the one team that doesn't have to me. Chubb was supposed Detroit, to... Does Detroit? But they, oh, I no, mean, no, I know they have Aiden and they have another guy. But again, pass rushing depth. Like, this is a long season. We'll see. Jacksonville. Does Jacksonville? Um, They got Trayvon Walker and then Josh Allen. But listen, that depth matters, man, in the playoffs. Uh, final story. Let's go to your Dolphins. They made the splash when they acquired Jalen Ramsey in the offseason. Ramsey hasn't played it down yet. He tore his meniscus during camp. The Pro Bowl corner returned to practice today. Could be activated over the next three weeks. It'd be huge for Vic's defense. Um, Miami's offense has been a juggernaut. I just saw, I think they were in the uh, like 26 range defensively. They're not playing great. Okay, um, isn't this one of the bets of the week? Warm weather to cold, Eagles minus only two, coming off an ugly performance, a un- little undervalued by the market. This is one of my favorite plays of the week, Philly minus yeah, two. Yeah, I, I want to pull the trigger. I'm worried about Lane Johnson. I mean, he's that big of a factor for me. Like, well, he is, but they don't have a big pass rush. And I'd they be- will be some bully ball involved here. That being said, this Eagles secondary, man, is not great. Like, they didn't turn over Zach Wilson. Um, I... I Stafford had his way with them for a half, and then they shut it down. I, I'm with you, Eagles, but reluctant. It's not a heavy play. You know I'm what's not, funny about Philly? I'm everybody not the paycheck on the Eagles. This everybody's week. trying to do the tush push, and nobody does it well except Philly. Yeah, like everybody is like the Wildcat. Miami did it, and it did pretty successfully. And everybody tried to do the Wildcat, and after about four weeks, everybody's like, "Yeah, it doesn't work." But yeah, it's like Phil Jackson triangle offense. It worked because he had Michael Jordan and Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> so did you you see? To, nobody it's like the tush push it doesn't really work unless your quarterback deadlifts right. six ho- bench so, presses or what it what leg presses 600 yeah. pounds well the, the even funnier part is the new york giants tried it oh, two God. offensive linemen got hurt <laughs> and i don't know if i heard correct during the broadcast but they were like they're out on that play like it's not even in the playbook no, the, chargers, the injuries. i thought the Chargers should use it then they did it and i'm like Herbert's too tall. Yeah, he's in like the, six, in the six. finger. He's got the finger, the backup center. No, 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 no. Yeah. I think that's just a play they devised that aesthetically is not good for the league. You know, Warriors small ball. A lot of people tried small ball. One team, one titles on it. Sometimes you just have dudes that you can do things with. The player makes the play, or the player makes the offense. Everybody wants to duplicate it. They had KD, Clay, and Steph, three best shooters in the league. You had Westbrook, or you had, I mean, you had a guard that, you know, I mean, or you had, they had the three best shooters in the world. Nobody else did. J-Mac with the news. 
Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. I'm not trying to pick on anybody here. I'm just saying that a lot of times in sports, there's just an athlete that can do stuff. You try to duplicate it, and you don't have the athlete. So, you know, um, do you know, if I asked you, second longest winning streak in college football, first is Georgia. If I asked you, second winningest head coach in college football last two years, outside of Kirby Smart, that coach will join us next. Once your business gets to a certain size, cracks emerge, you deserve a customized solution, NetSuite. Absolutely free KPI checklist. Go to netsuite.com slash herd. netsuite.com slash herd. Want more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. Well, you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Only Georgia and Kirby Smart are winning as much as Oregon, excuse me, as much as Washington in the last two years. I was at the Oregon-Washington game, and I said I thought it was top two or three college football experiences I'd ever seen. And Kalen DeBoer got the job for Washington, and that's where I grew up. And when he got the job, I, had, I must have had 15 texts from friends. They're like, in the industry, you have no idea how good of a coach you got. You have no idea. Well, 13-game uh, winning streak, 11-0 at home now under Kalen DeBoer, 6-0 this year, 17-2 overall, second winning as coach behind Kirby Smart. And he's a humble guy, so he's probably rolling his eyes at all this as I brag about him. Kalen DeBoer joins us. 
So when um, you were down Indiana, Fresno State, so I want to talk about your quarterback, Michael Penix, who you had history with. So he's got an interesting story. He had ACL injuries. He got hurt. A lot of people forget about him. You go out and you say, come to Washington. This is going to work. But even you have to be a little surprised, a little coach. He is magnificent. I'd vote him for the Heisman today. I saw him in person. I loved him. He's better in person. His story's amazing. Are you shocked at his ability with those injuries to be who he is today? Well, I know that uh, Mike will be the first to say he's got some help around him. But uh, when it was 2019 and I got a chance to work with him the first time, um, man, I just saw that the sky was the limit with this guy, you know, and um, he'll stand in there and make the throws. And the offensive line does a great job of keeping a pocket clean for him for the most part. But um, he's got all the arm talent in the world, can throw it down the field, can throw it from one hash to the opposite sideline on a line. His accuracy is uh, amazing. Um, and then just, you know, his uh, his resiliency, you know, and just everything he's been through, I think, comes out each and every Saturday in the situations we're put in. And just, uh, you know, his ability to fight through it and uh, take the team, put them on his shoulders. And, you know, Saturday was a great, um, you know, a great example of all of that. Well, your receiving core was missing uh, your number two. So it was uh, Roma Dunze and Polk. And uh, if Polk's your three, this is the best receiving core in the country because Oregon couldn't cover him. And Oregon's got really good corners. Um, I had an, somebody in the NFL said, man, Washington's running a pro offense. And I think about all the transfers in the world now, and you're dealing with 20-year-old kids. It's a very efficient, sophisticated offense as a consumer. And yet you're highly efficient. How do you get young kids all this mobility? I don't see a lot of penalties. I see efficiency. You play up tempo. What's the secret sauce to this offense? Yeah, I mean, we have our base system, you know, and uh, it's it's a has the ability to uh, be flexible and adjust to whoever our personnel are, and uh, we've built it over many years. I mean, maybe even fifteen years, twenty years of doing this, and got a great staff. Ryan Grubber, offensive coordinator, along with uh, the offensive staff, that really gel and mix mix together. And um, you know, there's no egos. It's all about just doing what we think is best for our kids. But uh, the system is there, and then each and every year, you just kind of go on the tangents based on you know, who the, who the players are that you need to get the ball to. And um, it's the same calls that we made many years ago. It's just uh, the window dressing and keeping it simple for us, for our guys to be able to quick, play quick and uh, try to make it complicated for what you're seeing from the opposite side. What was your message to your team before these players' biggest game of their life? Just I'm just in believe in the in uh, the the preparation they've put in and take all the you know during the week you're just taking in all the experiences that we've been through together and um, you know just stay the course you know and understand that the game is going to come down to these momentum swings and uh, the quicker you get the momentum back on our side uh, the best chance you have to win you know and you have to tip your hat to a team like Oregon uh, we know that uh, they're extremely talented good football team. Um, and so it's just a matter of, you know, believing and fighting until the very end. And that's what it took. Uh, you're at a small school, Sioux Falls. Uh, you're a three-time NAIA coach of the year. Win big. And you go to Fresno State. Bigger school, win big. Now it's Washington. The games are bigger. You're moving to the Big Ten. As a coach, take me inside that. Sioux Falls, Fresno, Washington. I'm in that stadium. And that feels like the biggest place in the world. Do even you... Yeah. You know, sometimes is it was there a goosebump moments? <laughs> you win that game, the place explodes. We're just fans. What was it like for you personally? It was really special, and I think it's just a matter of the the satisfaction that you have of just bringing everything together. You know, first of all, starting with our players, but then just having the community support we have and the alumni that you know um, have done so much for this program and being able to bring it back to what uh, the standard is for, uh, you know, UW football. Um, but, you know, when you're just doing it and really, you know, there's no one that's more competitive than us internally. And so, um, you know, it matters no matter where we've been, the, the small schools or the big school, um, when you're doing it for the kids and you're doing it to help them have these great experiences um, and then it happens, 
Um, you just really want to just sit back there and watch them enjoy the moment and uh, appreciate the journey that we're on. You know Big Ten football. You now move to it. Will it change recruiting stylistically? Is it different? Weather's colder, but you play in, you know, you're coaching Seattle. I grew up there. Plenty of wind and rain. It gets cold. But will you change things a little bit about your program? Will you tweak it with the pivot to the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, having grown up there and lived uh, in the Midwest all, but really the last, you know, six or eight years, you know, and so understand, you know, um, you know, what those days in November and December look like. Um, but I think really what we do fits, you know, anywhere. Um, you know, there is a lot of times where the ball's in the air and, you know, it still comes down to playing physical and we showed we can do that, you know, even this last weekend and, um, you know, defensively, you know, we'll be, we'll be stout and, and uh, have what it takes to win those games. But um, recruiting wise, I think, you know, what Washington, um, our home base is still the entire West Coast, but uh, we do have a staff that is built for, um, you know, the, the Big Ten with a lot of us being from out in the Midwest and having coached at some Big Ten and even played at some Big Ten schools. Are you a playoff team? Offensively, there's no question. Do you believe you're a playoff team? Yeah, I do. I think, um, you know, I mean, that's what we're, you know, I don't know if you're ever there yet, because I think what we're going to be a month from now is still, you know, going to be much better than what we are now, um, just because I know our team is going to have that mindset. And so I think we're on the right track to becoming that. And, um, you know, that will be determined here in the, you know, at the end of the season, you know, and what we look like and what the other teams around the country look like. But um, I have nothing but confidence in, in who we are and what we can still become. How much of Michael Penix is coaching and how much is just innate? 72% completion percentage is, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, that does, I mean, how much of it's just the kids got it? Yeah, well, he does have it. You know, he does. There's no question. Um, I think a lot of it is just trying to really um, let, let him showcase what he can do and, and help, um, you know, just keep teams, you know, off balance. Cause if we can get, one step on a, on a defender, you know, he's going to find that uh, matchup. He's going to, he's going to make that throw. Um, and so, you know, we, you can't just be so simple to where, um, you know, it, it becomes impossible to, to, to not be able to move the ball, but he's, he's definitely got it. And uh, you know, whether it's the individual throws or whether it's, uh, you know, being in the big moments and be able to just stay within himself and trust and believe he has, he has it as well. Um, uh, it's, it's a special time we're in right now with, uh, him leading the charge and uh, as our quarterback, Kalen DeBoer, six and zero this year, 17 and two overall at Washington. Only Kirby smart has won more games. Uh, whenever they get the right coach, Don James, Jim Owen, Don James, new Heisel, Chris Peterson and Kalen, they win a lot. They win quickly. So much fun to watch. Uh, number one in the country yards per play, number one passing offense with a first-round quarterback. Kalen, congrats. I hope to see you soon, and thanks again. Yeah, I really appreciate having me on. Thanks for uh, making the trip up here, and uh, you know, glad you got to see a good one. So thanks, Colin. You bet. Yeah, we <laughs> beyond a good one, one of the best college experiences ever on Montlake. 13-game winning streak. Uh, that offense, I, I was telling you, J-Mac, during the break, they have three NFL receivers. Their number three receiver, just to give you a sense, would be the number one receiver for here in LA, USC, or UCLA. I mean, they are they have first round NFL wide receiving talent is and they protect the quarterback. Penix in fact, I just saw a stat on this. I think they uh fewest sacks allowed in the power five. So you can't get to him. He's got three NFL receivers. Like they're gonna score on everybody. There's nobody's going to slow them down. The only question is, can they make stops? And they did against Oregon just enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his quarterback la uh, a couple years ago um, made an NFL roster. Jake the Snake, remember him? Yeah, yeah. Painter, yeah. I think he's yeah, in the no, NFL he got, somewhere. He got drafted uh, Saints, is it? fourth. I think it was like somewhere, Saints yeah. and the next pick Rams took Stetson. Some people were kind of high on him. No, I watched him. I think he beat – I watched him against UCLA. Tough kid, man. Oh, yeah. I think the Rams wanted to take him. And then the team before them took – uh, him, he yeah. was he was a really he was a little small, but he was a total gamer. So it seems like uh, um, Caleb he really knows quarterbacks, and like you're seeing Penix go from you know good prospect at Indiana to holy cow, this guy's really really good. Yeah, yeah. it was is and and you know how sometimes you go to a game and things are slower or faster. Penix is bigger 
and better in person. When you watch him in person, he looks a, he's a little bigger, a little bit more of a power arm in person, and he stands in the pocket. And he'll stand there till the last. And NFL guys love yeah, that. He'll like take you. hits. I saw some video footage of you no, hanging in the pocket no, in high school, like to the no. last, like Herbert on Monday night I in was the pocket. A, just I was a Bailer. Oh, you were Bailing? Never wanted to get hit. Running or Mo- just throwing no, the ball money away? Moneymaker. Can't yeah, get in the way of the moneymaker. That's why in basketball, in the men's league, by the way, undefeated again, um, I, I don't go in the mix for rebounds because I got to protect the moneymaker. Even when guys <laughs> swipe across with the elbow, I'm quick to You know dodge. why you don't get rebounds? You're 5'8". I'm not 5'. First of all, I'm not 5'8". I'm 5'10". And I am a guard who's averaging 1.5 rebounds per game this season. You know that? This season. And that is sad that you know stats. that you're rebounding. They keep the stats. I po- I mean, Are listen, you 5'10"? I, I may have hit 5 of 10 threes the other night. I did post uh, the box score. Ryan... I say five nine and a half. Listen, I'll be guarding a six three uh, Division two player it's Thursday over night for you. We'll see. Fast feet. I, I fast would, feet get I, to eat. <laughs> You've heard yeah. that, right? That's a thing. I would back you down on the block. <laughs> I heard. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.